Good morning. You know, Isaiah prophesied, he said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. means God with us. See, God with us changed everything. He's not just the God for us, the God ahead of us, the God by cloud, the God by fire. He's the God with us. How will I have that wisdom or that power or how will I have that love? How will I be able to abide because he's with you? See, when God gave Jesus, he gave the son, and then when the son gave the spirit, so now it's God in us. And I'm going to talk about abiding today. I'm going to, we're going to look at the most intimate conversation Jesus had with the disciples. It's in the book of John. 90% of what's in John is not in the other gospels. Even the theologians give a name for Matthew, Mark, and Luke because they're the most alike. They're the most similar. But John talked less about what Jesus did and more about who he was. He's the word. And so it's no coincidence, the most intimate disciple, the only disciple at the cross, the only disciple Jesus said, this is your mother who gave John to care for Mary, is who wrote this conversation. It really starts in John. I encourage you to read it, John 13, 31 through 17. In 17, Jesus actually prays for us. It's after he washed the disciples' feet. And the Bible says, Satan entered Judas, and then Jesus looked at Judas and said, what you do, do quickly. And he was talking to Judas and to Satan, and they both, and they left, and it was night. And the Bible says, as soon as he left, Jesus began to teach. See, Judas couldn't hear it. There's things, as soon as he left, there's things that non-committed people just don't hear. He had to leave first. There's things in our heart that have to leave first before we fully hear everything he has to say. There wasn't the multitudes. There wasn't the scribes. There wasn't the Pharisees. Jesus didn't talk in parables in this passage. He talked about love. He talked about abiding. He talked about one. In, in fact, callings, gifts are proof of your calling, but fruit is proof of your abiding. There's people that move in great gifts that just don't abide with him. Jesus says, if you abide in me and I, that means there's a choice to not abide. If, that's a big if. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. He wasn't talking to the multitudes. He was talking just to the 11. Judas didn't hear it. Satan didn't hear it. He had to leave first. You know, it's like, and Jesus began this conversation and then he finishes the conversation as they're walking to the garden where he's going to be sacrificed. So they're walking with Jesus, hearing this conversation, not knowing he was going to be sacrificed. It's like Mary, when she had Jesus in her arms and she goes to the temple to give the sacrifice of the son that broke the womb, the first, and they had two turtle doves, but she didn't know the sacrifice was in her arms. There's things we carry that God's going to require us to sacrifice if we want to get intimate with him. Mary was carrying Jesus, not realized that was the sacrifice, not the turtle doves. So this was the most intimate conversation Jesus had with the disciples what was Jesus going to say the night of his death? The next day he was going to be led like a lamb to the slaughter and the disciples didn't know. So what's Jesus going to talk about? Again, he talked about being one and the disciples and he goes, that you love one another, that you may prove to be my disciples and that you may bear fruit to glorify my father. See, Moses said, show me your glory. But Jesus said, Father, let me glorify you. A lot of people want to see God's glory, but we do want God's glory. Amen. It's his glory that brings all of what he is. But if we're really intimate with him and you're abiding with him, then you want to bring him glory. And when I say bring him glory, I'm not saying adding to his glory. I'm saying you recognize what's already there. Isaiah said in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord lifted up. He was always lifted up, but he saw it then. And God wants us to see certain things. So it says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, 
neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He's not talking about the gifts in this conversation. He's not talking about power. He's not talking about advancing this or advancing that. He's talking about abiding. It's his last conversation, the most intimate. Judas didn't hear it. Now, Jesus says it twice, back to back. We need to pay attention to everything he says, but when it's back to back, it's even more. If you abide in me and I abide in you. Now, the word abide, it, you know, it means to stay, remain. It also means, in the, in the original, to be present. See, I can not be abiding in a worship service, but be abiding with him in a line at Walmart, even Walmart. It's about being present. It's about when we turn our focus to him and our attention to him because it's cultivated in private, but it's continued in public. See, we've been taught, and I say we, I mean the church, not the epicenter, the church in general, that we spend 20 minutes with God in our quiet time or a half hour or whatever it is, and then we go pour out, and we need to go back, otherwise we'll dry and burn up. What if it's not dry and burn up? What if it's we can continue to abide even at the quiet time? What if we're cultivating something private that we continue public, that we are abiding in him always? See, the branch and the vine, it doesn't touch. You know, that Jesus says, I am the true vine. You are the branches. He said true vine. That means there's other vines you can attach yourself to. But the fact that he's a true vine means you choose this vine. And it, the branch doesn't touch the vine for two hours on a Sunday or an hour on a Monday or a Tuesday. It's continual. And the sap, there's two things, actually, that make up sap. And, we, you know, the word and the spirit are one, and the, it flows. It's not forced. It flows. When we're abiding in him, it, there's things that flow through us that we don't have to force. The force comes from the vine. It comes from heaven. But when we attach ourselves to him and we abide with him, then things flow in our lives that wouldn't normally flow. So, you know, I'm going to give a marriage statistic. Now, this is a statistic. This is not marriage counseling. It's not marriage advice. Don't come up to me afterwards and go, our marriage isn't like that because I don't care. <laughs> now, Pastor Lena may sit with you for an hour and talk to you, but I won't. It's been my experience in counseling, the very few that I've done. It's not most people want to be validated, confirmed, and agreed with, but not change. And if you don't want to change, all counseling is is just conversation. I'm going to give you a marriage statistic. Most marriages, if they ask the men, the men will rate their marriages higher than the women. Family Life Today, I listened to it, and it was a podcast, and they talk about all kinds of things, and the, the host goes, I was going to give it about a nine. At that time, my wife said a five. And women are more sensitive in general to intimacy and closeness. So what's your point, John? I believe if we would look at our life, not your spouses, not your kids, not your neighbors, not the pastor. If you would look at our lives and ask the Holy Spirit, if we were close, I would probably rate it higher than him because he's more sensitive to intimacy. And he would say, John, in this area, you're not abiding. Because Jesus was talking to the disciples. He didn't say, Peter, look at John. John, look at Matthew. Matthew, look. He was talking to them directly. If you, if you, it's a choice. If I abide in him and he abides in me, I will bear much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. And Jesus says, so you will prove to be my disciples. Gifts do not prove that you are a disciple. Gifts prove that you are called. You can come in, get a prophecy, move in gifts, preach, evangelize, win the lost, and still have no fruit. Fruit comes from abiding. And the fruit, it, what's, who's the fruit from? It's from him. It's love, joy, peace, goodness, mercy. And it's not just those things. It's also results. 
Proof is fruit that the branch is attached to the vine. And it's growing. And there's life in it. Amen? Again, Jesus said, you will bear much fruit, and so you will prove to be my disciples. So I believe that God's looking for people that say, God, I want to give you glory. I want to bear fruit. I want to bear those things where people will say, they're a believer. They're a disciple. I want what they have. Because a lot of people, you know, you can go on the streets, and people can get healed. People can get prophecies, and they can die and be lost forever. But when we bear fruit, that actually shows more to, about God than gifts. I know that is hard for charismatics and spirit-filled and life, and I'm for it. If you guys know my preaching at all, you know I'm for it. I love to prophesy. When I go to Mexico, we pray for every person. I ask their name. I pray for hours. It's important to me that you have a purpose and a destiny. I'm talking about many, But with just giving a prophetic word, you can walk out and not abide in him if you abide in me. Now, Kirk Crispin, he's been teaching us on the kingdom revolution, and Kirk really is a genius. He, he's, he's, he's brilliant. He really is. Now, what I'm about to say is, Kirk didn't say it like this, but I think he would agree with me in this. I'm talking about information, revelation, and application. Kirk presents information. It's revelation to him, and he wants it to be revelation to us. It's information. But some of us are getting the revelation of what the information is. But next is application. What he doesn't want is two years from now go, Kirk, I was in your class. It was a great class. I retweeted it. I liked it. I put it on Facebook. How's it changed your life? Oh, it hasn't. I haven't applied it. Because if I look at my life, again, this is my life, of everything I've heard and everything I've, I've applied, there is a huge gap. If I look at my life and look at the Bible and look at abiding, there's a huge gap. I'm not talking about if you ask me if I preach well, if people like me, or if I, I go on mission trips and get invited back. Yes, when I go to churches, I get invited back. I love it all. But if I look at what I've heard and what I've applied, there is a huge gap. If you do the word, not just hear the word, how am I going to do that? It's abiding. Now, for some personalities, it's harder. It's harder for me to abide. I have a very active mind. I hear people all the time, oh, men have a, just a nothing button. They can think about nothing. Not this man. I don't just think about nothing. I'm always thinking about something. And I've used this example before. I've, I'm, I'm roommates with Pastor Allen. Some, he would use, sometimes we'd be in restaurants, all the people, and he'd come over, he'd lean over me, just talk to me because he's kind of private. He's not loud like me where I'd shout it. And he'd go, he'd go, where you at? I was, abiding means to be present. I was there physically, but I was not present. <laughs> See, we can lift our hands, and I've done it, and our thoughts can be a million miles away in worship. God wants us to be present. So when we cultivate that privately, when we learn how to apply it, so we're going to learn how to apply it, because that's good, right on, awesome. We can walk out here and not abide with Jesus says the most intimate conversation, he's talking about abiding. We just can't ignore it. He says it back to back. It's God with us. That changes everything. See, how are we going to learn how to abide? Well, number one is we ask the Holy Spirit. Because what he tells you and what he tells me could be two different things. For me, my active mind, if I'm abiding and I'm in my prayer chair, I call it, and I'm cultivating that thing private so I can continue it in public, not so I can do ministry, burn out, and then go back there for, and get filled up again. and then get burned. That's not the way Jesus functioned. Jesus often, the Bible says, got away to lonely places and prayed. He talked to the Father. The, talk to Father, the Father talked to him through the Spirit. He would listen. He would hear. He would love, they would love each other before the foundation of the world. Then when he was in public, he would still talk to the Father. I say this not for your sakes. He, he, he would say it. He goes, it's for your sakes because I'm not saying it for, the, for my sake because my father always hears me. He didn't go, I'm tired. I need to go. Physic I'm not saying this is physical rest or things that you're called, not called to do that you do. Yes, you will get tired in it. 
If I went to China and ministered in China, I would not have the same fruit I did in Mexico because he hasn't called me to that. But you know what you're called to in the abiding and talking to him. No other apostle wrote this conversation. It was John. It was the most intimate one. As we get closer to him, he will share things with you that he could not share you in this place. So God is saying to us, stay here. It's Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. It's not one day a year. He wants us to stay here. He wants us to abide with him. When we have our cultivate our quiet times and we listen to him, and it's not just giving him a list. As the closer you get to God, your, your list will change. You quit asking for stuff and you start listening more. The secret of your life is not how much you know, it's how well you listen. And Jesus, the Bible said, often would get away to lonely places. But if you ask the Holy Spirit, in this passage, when Jesus is talking just to the 11, not to Judas, that had to leave. Half hearts will never hear the fullness of God. Half hearts will never fully hear what he has to say to you. Some of you may just hear, when I say you, just, I mean, people in the church, God has a plan for your life, plan for your life, and they die. With, that's all they ever hear. They don't know the, the more of God. The plan for your life is not the most intimate thing he'll ever tell you. As abiding with him, it will not come from a man. It will come directly. There's things he says to me that I do not share. There's things that he said to Jesus, Jesus did not share. So in this passage, he says, ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. In this same passage, he's not talking about gifts. He's not talking about laying hands on the sick. He's not talking about casting out devils. He's talking about loving one another, abiding. Love others as I have loved you. When I look at myself, I think to myself, I don't love anybody as you have loved me. Yet it's a command. So how can I do that? God with us. God in us. He says, if I abide in you and your words abide in me, so you go, he goes, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who abides in you. It doesn't mean I'm abiding in him. See, it's a two-way street, the branch. I don't, the branch, again, it, it doesn't touch the, the true vine two hours on a Sunday and bears fruit. It's continual. And he used that example because there's no break. But if you look at a tree, you'll see some leakage of sap because we need to know there's some enemies. And one of the things is distraction. For many people, a quiet time is a distraction. They have to, it's a work and a chore. But what if we change our mentality? What if instead of saying being with Jesus and abiding is a distraction and a chore and everything else is a distraction for me abiding? I'm not talking about responsibility. I'm talking about distractions. There's a difference. Responsibilities are things you're called to. Distractions are things you, that call you away from things. And we need to know the difference. Not every need, not every question, not every person is, a, is a your responsibility. It can be a distraction. I'm not talking about don't go home and feed your kids and, you know. But John says you're a, dis you know, John says you're a distraction. No. Because that's already in the word. Raise your child as in the Lord because I desire godly offspring. That's already in there. Jesus didn't change it. So how do we apply it? Because it's not good enough to go, I need to uh, abide. That's good, John. Emmanuel with us, God with us. But how do we apply abiding? Versus, I said, ask the Holy Spirit. And there's two things in the sap that flows the life. It is the word and the spirit. Friends, you cannot get away from the word. I know as spirit-filled, charismatics, we like, you know, the flash or the gifts. I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I do. I love prophecy. I, I went to meetings and this man was prophesying over everybody. I, didn't, I got out of line and I just sat in the chair right there and I just wanted to listen to the prophecies. Why? Because it's the words of God over people. It shows his heart over people. It's not, you're a goom. My brother, he was, before he was saved, I took him to this meeting. This guy goes, can I give you a prophetic word? He goes, no. And afterwards, because he thought he was going to condemn him, smoking weed, doing this, all that, he said, no. He says, you're a missionary. Your hearts are going to burn. He, he showed him the future. He gave him the thing. 
But my brother didn't hear other things until he got saved and started abiding with him. I'd go over in his house, and he'd play the guitar, and he would abide with God. And then I'd get on the phone with him, and it was great revelation from abiding that went far surpassed that prophetic word. Jesus said, I have many things to say to you now. He has many things to say to people that are more intimate because some things he shouts and some things he whispers. And if you are not close to him, you will not hear the whisperings of God. And that's, the, that's in the abiding. I'm sorry. It's not in the convention. It's not in the church service. It's not going to come from the ministers. God with us. We're not waiting for Moses to come down to the mountain to give us tablets anymore. We have the rock, Jesus. It's God with us. See, that changed everything. Cloud by day, fire by night. Now he's with us. Once a year, the high priest goes in, goes out, says, I saw the glory. Now he's with us. See, there's a difference right there. That changes everything. Isaiah prophesied God with us. He's not just for you. He's not just instructing you. He's not just encouraging you. He's not just in heaven. He's not just below you. He's not just in front of you, behind you to clean up your mess. He's not going left. He's not going right. God with us changed everything, friends. It's a God that who is accessible. All the religions are trying to reach a God that they cannot reach because he's dead. But our God came down in a flesh, and they didn't know who Jesus was. And Satan didn't know who he was. Satan didn't even hear these words. Why? Because he roams. He's not omnipresent. So he didn't even hear these words. He had to read them later. And there's things over your life he has not heard. We're so afraid. Don't say it because Satan can hear you. Friend, he's not omnipresent. Don't say this. Satan can hear you. No, God will tell you to declare some things over your life. But you will not hear what he has to say to you if we do not abide with him. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. He didn't, why didn't Jesus say you have much power and you have much gifts? He already said that to the general, to the masses, and he demonstrated that. But John, this is the most intimate conversation. I encourage you to read it. 13, as soon as Judas left, it starts. And as soon as we get those things out of our heart that block him from abiding, he can start speaking to us. And Judas went out in the night, and after he left, Jesus began. There's a reason why he didn't speak it. It wasn't for Judas. He doesn't speak. He'll speak half things to half hearts, but full things to full hearts. Judas, people got healed. Judas healed people. He didn't say except Judas. Judas, it was never, no one ever goes, Judas, you're different. He was just like him. Judas cast out devils. Judas went to Mexico on wars and mission trips, but he didn't abide. He didn't recognize the worship when they worshiped. They go, he just wanted the poor. We don't recognize worship. When you abide with him, you, begin to, you can recognize worship. You begin to recognize your time. I don't need to listen to this and watch to that. So when the Holy Spirit teaches you, he may ask you to cut out things that you, that you didn't know you had to sacrifice. It's not for me to tell you. It's, he's not giving me things to tell you. As you abide with him, he will show you. He will teach you all things. This is in the same conversation. Why would Jesus talk about loving and being one? He says the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things. If you really want to abide, be in that place, he will show you. He will teach you. Even active minds like me. And then as I abide with him, then other things that used to be normal and joyful, now I see as a distraction from that. See, he's not the distraction. That phone is not the distraction. <laughs> Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray, talk, and listen. You think Jesus gave God a list? Just a question. You think Jesus went to the Father with a list? No. He went to the Father to be with him. That's a world of difference. 
Now, this is a binding thing. Don't think I'm an expert. I'm just scratching the surface and scratching the surface. But as I begin to read it, as I started this conversation, as I did the more intimate conversation, I looked at my life and I go, I don't abide. No, I, I can preach. I can lay hands on people. I can prophesy. There's some abiding, but not like this. I'm not bearing the full fruit of full abiding. And some of you will go, yeah, John, you're fruitless. See, thoughts can be a distraction. Like we talked about, we can be biting in the line at Walmart thoughts, so we have to recognize, okay, that's a distraction. I've always thought about that, and I always think about that, but maybe as you're abiding with him, maybe the Holy Spirit will teach you, no, I don't want you thinking about that anymore because you can't think about too many things at once, and so when you're thinking about this, you can't be thinking about what he's saying. So you have to push it aside. Again, responsibilities and distractions, he will show you what the difference is. Because many of us do things that we think are our responsibility, it's just life, and it's a distraction. This person, that situation, this. They were always, Jesus, come here. Jesus, do this. And he would say, no. I'm going to say what the Father says. I'm going to do what the Father's doing. How did Jesus know that? Because he would commune with the Father. See, God with us. So how am I going to be able to do that? He is with us, showing us, teaching us, helping us. He's actually in us. He's not a boss. It gives you a paper, gives you the instruction. A lot of people think that. I need to do this commandment. You know. And it's not by force. We don't bear fruit by force. Like, oh, I'm going to be a bear fruit. No, it's flow. The sap flows, and it's slow, and you don't see it. You see it on the outside. No one goes by that goes, oh, that, 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 that branch is, that vine is giving uh, that, that branch uh, life. You don't see it because it's on the inside. It's on the inside when I'm abiding with him. I don't walk in church next Sunday, and they go, oh, John, you've abided with God this week. No, but they'll see the fruit from it. I don't say that what I used to say. I don't talk about that person like I used to talk about. I will actually show love. Love them as he loved us. Who does that? Not me. But it's in there. And if it's in there, it can be in here. If it's in there, it can be here. Jesus says, all that the Father has is mine. You know what that means? All that the Father has is yours. All his love. Every, you have access to everything that's in heaven. And it comes through abiding. Not hearing sermons. Not reading about prayer. I've read a lot of books about prayer. I wish I could start over. Instead of reading about prayer, I wish I would just would have prayed. I would have been way further. All the great prayers. Man, they were some awesome prayers. Then I walk away and not pray. Or pray a little bit. I wish I would have just prayed. Because as you pray, your prayers will be different than mine. You don't need to be like anybody else. And your abiding doesn't need to be like anybody else. And we can train ourselves and teach ourselves. We can be abiding constantly. And not go, I need to get some my quiet time because I'm burned out. You never have to burn out. Jesus didn't burn out. And he's still at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. Because on the cross, he says, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. So he's still working today. And he's still in you through the Holy Spirit. And your words can be his words. And your life can be his life. And so we abide with him. And and it it takes time. And so don't think that, okay, you need the quiet cultivation. You do need that quiet time. And I'm not going to tell you you need an hour a day, two hours a day, three hours a day. But if you don't spend that time, that lonely place like Jesus, it's not written in there so we can just, oh, Jesus did some great things. No, he often, not sometimes, often, not when he was stressed out, not when he was burned out in ministry, not when he was taxed out with the disciples. He often went to the quiet place and prayed. He talked to his father. He didn't give him a list. It doesn't mean we don't ask for things. But it means those things are low level. Knowing him is a higher level than asking for things. 
And when you begin to know him, then Jesus says, if you abide in me, then, then you can ask what you will. Why? Why did he say that if you abide? Because when you abide with him, you begin to ask what the Father wants. God, what's your list? What's your list? That all will be saved. What's your list? That the nations will be discipled. What's your list? That money is a tool. Well, God, what's your list? Doesn't mean we don't ask for things. But all of a sudden, it's not a high priority. It's knowing him, and it's us changing to conform into the image of Christ. If Jesus can do it, then I can do it. Why? Because he gives me the power. It's not in me. No, no non-believer without the Holy Spirit can't do it. It's, it's by him. He does it. It's his fruit. It says the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the person. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's his love, his love. How will I love them? How will I do this? How will I handle that? How will I have wisdom? How will I have peace about the future, about the economy and this? When you abide with him, he gives you the strength because it's God with us. See, God is actually with you. That means wherever you are, he is. That means, is he stressed out? Is he worried about the future? No, he's not, but we are. Why? Because we don't abide with him, but when we abide with him, we think his thoughts, and then all of a sudden, I'm not stressed out. I have the joy that did not come from me. It's not happiness from a circumstance. It's joy from within. It's knowing the future. And see, when he, see Jesus knew, saw past the cross, and so, friends, that's why we ha- every stress you have, every situation you have, every problem you have, Julie, can you please come up here and play a little bit? It's 12.07. We're not going to be too long. It's not a wonder. It's the same conversation Jesus had after Judas left about loving, about abiding, about being in him and high in you. And as we abide, as we take that, those quiet times, and we call it a quiet time, but it's the lone time with him. And it may not be quiet. You may be crying out. You may be talking. It's just, you know, it may not be quiet for you. But there is a point where you listen. If you're doing all the speaking, that's not a relationship. You have to listen. You have to listen to what he's saying. And he will say things to you that were not prophesied by a minister. Moses didn't come down the mountain and tell you it's direct. That's why I can't tell you because he didn't give me the words to tell you. He has the words. You can have the most accurate prophet that prophesies over you, and it's nothing compared to what he has when you abide with him. And I'm not discounting prophecy. I love prophecy. I want to prophesy more. I want to prophesy more accurate. Why? So people will know him so they'll get closer to him. So when they leave, they just won't go, wasn't that a great word? Three years from now, have a piece of paper. Wasn't that a great word? They'll go, isn't that a great God? I can know him. Abiding is knowing him, not just things about him. And the life from the true vine comes into the branch and we bear fruit. Results. You will do things that you could did not do in the natural. Years that took you of stressing and worry and strategies. And even though it's, a, it's amazing, when you start abiding in him, he'll give you things you didn't ask for and bring you in realms that you didn't know you, that you were even called to. Just so want you to close your eyes for a second. I don't know what you need today or where you're at or what stresses you have or confusion or questions. But Emmanuel is here, and he's with us. And that means he's with you. When you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us the peace, and he talks to us. So, Father, I thank you that you had John record this, the most intimate disciple, the most intimate conversation you had it. When all others, there wasn't the multitudes, it wasn't for the scribes, it wasn't for the Pharisees, it was for the eleven. He wasn't speaking in parables or he wasn't saying the kingdom of God is like. He was speaking direct. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. 
If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Father, we recognize today we can do nothing without abiding in you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for teaching us all things. And those that want to abide, I ask that just ask in your heart, God, teach us to abide. And he will show you how to abide with him. It's not a formula. It's not a book. It's not through steps. It's Emmanuel with us. He gave the Son, and the Son gave the Spirit, and the Spirit enables us. He says, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to give you one just like me, the Helper. And when he comes, he will teach you all things, and he will remind you of things I have said. So, Lord, I thank you for, as we abide with you, you will remind us of things. Yes, our calling. Yes, our purpose. Yes, but even the deeper of who you are. That we can demonstrate you with fruit, not just our gifts. Father, help us glorify you with our fruit. And Jesus said, so you prove to be my disciples. Lord, I thank you for the housewife or the engineer or everybody. If you abide, it's a question. It's an invitation. If, if, it's a big if. It's a big if and it's a little if. Two letters, one word, if. It's just a shift. God, I want to abide. If I abide in you, then you can abide in me. It's not weeks. It's not months. It's not years. It's not another seminar, friends. It's a response in your heart, if. It's a turning. It's a recognizing of his presence and recognize who he is, and he's with you. It wasn't written in a story so we could read about it and just in the manger so we could dwell. Abide means to dwell, remain, be present, and the Holy Spirit is in you. He's abiding in you. He's dwelling in you. He's remaining in you. He's present in you. Let us be present in him. Jesus just didn't say the Holy Spirit abides in you. He says if you abide in him, and he abides in you, so it's a two-way street. Why? Because it's a response. He's not going to force his will on you. It's just an invitation. Come to me, all that are heavy laden. He knocks at the door, and he doesn't beat down the door or crash through the window. He knocks. And he has many invitations for us. And as we abide in that new depth, he begins to share things in new realms we didn't even know. Some of you see other ministers, how they flow and how they do things, and you don't even know what you're called to. And as you abide in him, he's going to teach you all things, things that you didn't ask for. So, Lord, I thank you that we go from information to revelation. And when we value that revelation, we will want to apply it in our lives. See, I can give you information, and it can even be revelation, but until you value it, then you won't apply it. But when you apply it, that revelation becomes activation in your life. And it's not just words on a page. It's actually what you experience. Abiding is not something you study in Greek. Abiding is something you dwell with him, one to another. The sap, the life flowing from the true vine. There's many vines, but Jesus says, I am the true vine. So, Lord, help us connect with you, not just for Christmas season, not just so we can say Emmanuel once a year. Emmanuel, God with us. He never left. He came down, brought the Spirit, and he's never left. How will I face this situation? How will I do this? How will the future, how? He will teach you all things. It's his strength. It's his wisdom. It's his love. It's his power flowing through us. And the branch disconnects from the vine. It doesn't bear fruit of itself. But when it connects to the true vine, the fruit is just a natural response of what it's just doing. And it's always there. Not just in the quiet times, not just on Sundays. It, the, it's always connected. During the week, it doesn't break itself off and drop. So God, any leaks that we have, any sap that's leaking, it's not from the true vine, it's from us. 
the insects come and the diseases come and let us recognize those distractions that keep us from the true thing. Jesus, God is saying, stay here. Yes, we talk about Emmanuel. We talk about Christmas time, but he's saying, stay here. Not just when Christmas is over, not just in January or February or March or Wednesday, but he's saying, stay here, abide with me. And then you will flow out of that life. So God, I thank you for bringing us into those abiding times and teaching us. And may there be great joy and love. And then all of a sudden, things that we just thought were life We'll go, oh, that's a distraction from me abiding. We can cut off, prune the branches, God. Cut off what is robbing us from abiding with you. And show us so we can say yes. Judas left, and it was night. What you do, do do quickly. And Jesus began to teach. So, Lord, everything that's in our heart that's keeping you from the new depth, may we push it out. We kick the Judas out of our heart, God, so we can hear the deeper things. God, and help us recognize the most intimate things you have for us are for us one-on-one. It's not through somebody. It's not through the series. It's not through that. And we watch these series and stuff, and you recognize it was them and God in a relationship. And so, yes, the revelation, we apply it, but he has things for you. Like when Kirk is teaching, his revelation is actually greater than, I think, the DVD series. It's because he was abiding in that situation. We can abide in every situation. So, Lord, I thank you for the prophecies of Emmanuel with us, and I thank you for the actually Emmanuel was with us and is with us. So, Lord, I thank you that we can apply the abiding. So it's not just words on a page. It's an experience in our life. He doesn't want us just to quote the Scripture. He wants us to experience the life from it. It's possible. In this world, in this life, it's possible. So, Lord, I thank you for today. God, let's just thank God. God, I thank you that you are with us. You're always with us, God. You never leave us. You never forsake us. When the situation is bad, you're not just instructing us. You have open doors for us. You have a future. You have a hope. You have purpose. You have joy where we need joy. You have wisdom where we need wisdom. You have love where we need love. Help us recognize God abiding in you. Every good thing comes from you. Jesus says, everything the Father has is mine. I thank you, Lord. You've given us that access that crosses the door. And when that stone rolled away on the tomb, not just did it enter the tomb, but there's a stone that rolled away in front of heaven that says you cannot enter here. In Genesis, he says, you cannot touch the tree of life. In Revelation, there's two trees of life that he says, come and eat. So everywhere where you've been rejected, now he invites you to. Every place that you didn't think you could go because of your past, he invites you to. Revelation, there's a tree of life on the left of the river and the right of the river. and says, come and eat. So where there was rejection, it says, not for you. Wrong gender, wrong race, wrong background, too many mistakes. Now there's an invitation that says, come and eat. Eat my body, drink my blood. And many left. And Jesus said, are you going away? He's not going to change the words because people leave or you can't handle intimacy. And I have many things to say to you, but you cannot handle them now. So, Lord, I thank you as we abide with you, we will hear those things that we didn't even know existed. Some of you will hear the word son. Some of you hear the word daughter, and you just thought you were just a believer or a servant. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you. You do what no man can do. And you share what is one-on-one with us. John was the only disciple at the cross. And there was no coincidence he wrote this. 80% of what's in John is not in the other Gospels. Friends, that's not a coincidence. I'm not criticizing the other Gospels. It's all important. But there's a reason why they say read the book of John when you become a believer. 
Because it's less on what he did, but on who Jesus is. I see, we want Jesus to do things for us. Here's my list. And he says, this is, I want you to know me. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the true Father, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. So we need to stay here, amen? I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And when Christmas is over and you, you, you don't hear Emmanuel anymore once a year, but you will stay here. You will stay in the abiding place. Stay here. It's not once a year. It's once in your life because you are one life. There's no redos, friends. There's no reincarnation. I don't know what you've been through or what you've done, but Jesus condensed thousands of years, over 300 prophecies in three and a half years, and he can condense it in your life. And as you abide in him, you will bear things you didn't even know existed. Some of you are going to go to countries you didn't even, can't even pronounce. You'll have money that's not in your bank, and you'll write checks that will just flow. It's from abiding in him, and we don't do those things for that. I was just a fisherman. You were. Now you're an apostle. Amen. You guys be blessed.